the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And even black swans. No, this isn't a wildlife sanctuary. You know what we mean. We are the Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Russian troops are closing in on Ukraine's capitals. Explosions and street fighting sent Kiev residents seeking shelter or fleeing the city altogether. Some people are actually trying to get out of the country. That's causing a lot of uh, congestion at some border crossings. Russian troops storming toward the capital. Sitting Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby says now it's harder for the U.S. to get supplies into the country to help the Ukrainians. The situation, right, is different in Ukraine than it was just a few days ago. So it would follow, I would think, that we're going, you know, that uh, that we're we're going to have to look for other ways to do this. The airspace over Ukraine is contested. The Russians don't have superiority of it. It's contested. And this is SRN News. Let's see. If something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into. And that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month. And that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch to the customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call Right now, and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 844-57-BIBLE. That's 844-57-BIBLE. 844-57-BIBLE. Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-884-9018-800-884-9018-800-884-9018. That's 800-884-9018. Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded. Is it his time?
Where's your hat? Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. It's the King Banyan Show, your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. Oh, God, that's all I need. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Let's go while we're young. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. Good morning. Welcome, King Banyan Show, The Biz 1440. Thank you so much for being with us today. Um, it is, it's funny, we have that music, and it's kind of a happy music, and I kind, kind of like to move to it, but it's not a happy time right now. We're talking about Ukraine and Russia. I have my good friend on with me today, uh, Ed Morrissey of HotAir.com, who's been following the story closely at his website. Um, and I was, I, I've been thinking about, I've been thinking about this for quite a bit. I, I really believe. So, so we talked at the end of the segment, Ed, the previous segment, about the fact that perhaps this guy is insane, right? Right. Uh, and and so and so, you know, the last time we had a guy with a lot of weapons in Europe who was insane, we ended up with World War Two. And honestly, I went back to and actually reread in this past week. I quickly reread because I'd read the ones before. Are you familiar with a, a novelist named William Walker who wrote a book called Danzig? Um, I've heard uh, of Danzig. Which, I haven't. I haven't read the book though. I, I got to tell you, there's now four of them. They just put a new one out, so I've already downloaded it onto the Kindle, and I will read it probably in the you know in the next week or two, um, which is set closer to 1939. But it's basically it, it uses a, a repeating character of a of a Swiss spy, which is kind of an interesting thought in and of itself, uh, right, and, yeah. and 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 goes through uh, goes through that. Uh, okay, <laughs> okay, John. I have to say that's funny. I just got a text from John uh, Donzig is my dog's name, um, uh, and uh, yes, yeah, yeah. and good dance, good dance. Actually, I think the dog would respond better to uh, Gdansk than than Danzig as a. <laughs> he'd as a he'd name. respond to anything better than his name. I guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, anyway, I I guess the question is now, uh, Ed, and the reason I kept you over is because you're thinking about the wider world, you know, rather than just the conflict of, itself. So can you explain for listeners what's happening within NATO right now? And in particular, what might be happening in Eastern Europe and the countries that that have a, have been added to NATO since the fall of the Soviet Union? Well, I think first off, you have to look to the Baltic states, right? Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania. Um, and I don't, I never can remember which of the two have a significant ethnic Russian population. Two of those nations have twenty five percent of their population are ethnic Russians. You know, the result, right. of course, of the intermixed during the um, Soviet uh, Iron Curtain area, era in, um, in Eastern Europe. And seeing the pretext under which Putin has attacked um, uh, Ukraine over the last eight years, they've already been nervous. Moldova's nervous. Or it's just on the other side of Ukraine, sort of between Ukraine and Romania. Uh, and Moldova has been um, sympathetic to, to Russia, but uh, up until just now, has been sympathetic towards Russia. For that matter, so is Hungary, so is the Czech Republic, until just now. Both of those countries have come out and denounced 
uh, Putin and the uh, invasion and are uh, insisting that Ukraine's territorial integrity be restored. Um, so there's a lot of bridges burning in Eastern Europe for, uh, for Putin, but I think that the Baltic states are probably the most concerned. Uh, that's probably where NATO is going to shift its forces. I would say uh, that it's the states that aren't already NATO members, including Moldova, by the way, which is not a NATO member. Uh, Romania mm-hmm. is. Uh, but also Finland, which has always figured that it could take care of itself. Uh, they may be looking at uh, joining NATO on an accelerated time uh, timeline. And that's like, and interestingly enough, Putin specifically warned Finland against that in the last week or so. Um, Putin has said that he wants a return to the pre-2017 NATO map, which would leave out a lot of, you know, Poland. Uh, it would leave out, um, actually, I think Poland may have already been in there in 2017, but Romania, uh, some of the other, um, some of the other uh, NATO countries that joined after 2017, he wants NATO, he wants them um, put out of NATO and have a guaranteed neutrality status uh, as a condition of uh, dealing with Ukraine. I, that's not going to happen. I mean, if, if, if you didn't want to have NATO on your border, about the dumbest thing that you could possibly do would be invade Ukraine, because now NATO is sending tens of thousands of forces uh, to its eastern frontier as a message back to Putin that any further aggression towards NATO is going to have a dire result. And if you take a look at how badly, at least from what it seems like so far, that the Russians have performed in Ukraine, uh, I think that this is a backfire of immense proportions on Putin's part. But I think that, if anything else, this has probably sold the skeptics of NATO on, on the necessity of NATO. In fact, that might be the biggest demonstration of the necessity of NATO since the end of World War II. Yeah. So we had, and I'm going to have it play, I'm going to play this for you. Um, I've got to remember the the name of this person because I, I I keep forgetting who is the who is the uh, chair of um, uh, uh, yes his name is Paolo uh, Gentileoni he is uh, the chair of the uh, European uh, European he's the uh, chair of the EU econ- economic committee so right. he's the economy commissioner and this is him saying basically the EU is going to look at uh, cutting off Russia from SWIFT. Play cut number seven, please, John. Well, we were tasked, we, the Commission and the ECB, by the finance ministers of the Union, uh, to uh, look to this issue and to understand uh, the feasibility and the possibility to have this tool as a tool that is affecting the target that we want to affect more than uh, backfiring towards our economies. Um, I would say first that we are already targeting um, almost uh, three-quarters of Russian banks. Second, that we are considering also the possibility to use this tool, uh, but this needs a little bit more of uh, looking in depth. And this is what the Commission and the ECB are doing in the next few days. 
Right. So apparently, right. and apparently, I mean, they were d- debating it. They had some. Uh, they had some members who member countries who were saying, "Do we really have to do that?" But it seems like, at least in the last two hours, reports are coming out that the EU has decided it will join the United States, and they will together choose to uh, kick Russia off of SWIFT. Does it matter that much? Well, you would be able to talk more with the audience about what SWIFT means, but basically, yeah. just you know, from my from my you know less expert um, understanding of this, this would greatly complicate Russia's ability to sell its gas and oil abroad, uh, and it also would create a number of complications for China because China relies on SWIFT, and if the if China starts trying to manipulate SWIFT to help out. Russia, because they do a lot of trade with Russia, too. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. they share a, a very large border. And um, if if they do that, they risk getting kicked out of SWIFT. And they can't really afford that. China can't afford that either. And I think that that might be the big point at which Putin's domestic support has to really ask itself, how much are we, how, long, how much are we going to lose uh, by backing this, uh, by backing this play, and what do we have to gain? I mean, what is it that right. the oligarchs are gaining by by trying to invest Ukraine? I, I mean, it, this is in part this is sort of an old grudge, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, when when you hear Putin talk about denazification of um, of Ukraine to Western ears, and you're you're going to know this as well. You probably know this better than I do. To Western ears, it sounds silly. It sounds like Godwin's law type of type of thing. It sounds like the the type of Western rhetoric about you know everybody I don't like is Hitler sort of thing. Uh, it's like that idiotic Canadian MP that insisted that Hong Kong meant Heil Hitler. Uh, I think that was last week. Deeply unserious uh, Western leadership moments. But in Ukraine and in Russia, that means something completely different. That argument is completely different. There is a grudge between. Uh, ethnic Russians and ethnic Ukrainians in that area, b- based on a brief flirtation with the Nazis when they initially invaded Ukraine in 1941, yes. because the Ukraine, ethnic Ukrainians saw them as liberators. After you know, this was ten years after, or not even that, eight years after the Holodomor, uh, after Stalin had brutally oppressed the Kulaks in in, in the region and and had um, and had brutally oppressed Ukrainians in general. Um, now that didn't last long because they realized they realized fairly in fairly short order that Hitler had basically marked them down for slavery just like the Russians. And uh, right. but there was there was some limited collaboration between uh, Ukrainians and, and Nazis, and that has always been a a grudge. And so when you hear Putin doing that, he's really calling back to that sort of ethnic warfare, and that's that. I think he thinks is going to be powerful enough to um, to carry the day. I don't think that that's. I think you're, you're 80 years down the road here. Most of the people who would, for whom that emotional appeal uh, would work, are dead. Um, and I think Putin is using it basically as a cynical lever, probably without realizing that it's probably not powerful enough to actually move anything. But that's what that yeah, means. I, he's 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 yeah, pulling just... stops. Is what he's doing. Yeah, and I suspect that was for a domestic audience. I brief, but I do wonder. Only domestic audience, yeah, yeah. It's only a domestic audience. Although I had wondered, I seriously had wondered, 
if that was his signal that he didn't intend to stop at Kiev, he he's actually thinking of taking the whole country because yep. most of that most of that Nazi per, that period where the Ukrainians uh, uh, collaborated with uh, the the Nazi uh, army uh, was in western Ukraine toward uh, Ivano-Frankivsk and, and, and Lviv, and uh, I I think that's. I think that's where it's coming from. Hey, Ed, I've got to I got to play one more piece for you. Uh, I, I don't know how much longer I can have you, but anyway, um, I wanted to play. So you just let me know. Uh, thank you. Well, I'm gonna, I tell you what, we're going to keep you one more segment after this, but I want to play this for you quickly. This was Jen Psaki yesterday announcing that the U.S. was going to put sanctions directly on on Putin and Lavrov. Cut number one, please, John. Following a, a telephone conversation President Biden held with uh, European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen, and in alignment with the decision by our European allies, the United States will join them in sanctioning President Putin and Foreign Minister Lavrov and members of the Russian national security team. So, so I mean, at this point, if they cut SWIFT, and they say we're going to do personal sanctions against Putin himself, which they have a step they've never taken. You know, here's the two part question: One, is there anything they have left in the in the sanction bag? And two, if the guy turns out to be a maniac, as you and I seem to think he is, does that even move the needle? I don't think it moves the needle with Putin. And by the way, I think that the. Um I, I think that sort of like the denazification issue is strictly a an argument for domestic audience uh, for Putin. I think that the personal sanctions on Putin and Lavrov are a domestic argument in the West in terms of demonstrating some seriousness. I, I think that they. I think that yeah. in the U.S. First off, I doubt very seriously that either Putin or Lavrov have their assets anywhere near where U.S. or European. Regulators can can seize or freeze them. They're they're probably in China. They're probably in Latin America, and um, and they're they're not going to lose a whole lot of money over this. But it's a it's a symbolic step for U.S. and the EU leaders. Um, the SWIFT thing is much different. That doesn't hit just Putin and Lavrov. In fact, probably barely barely dents them. But it hits all of the oligarchy that supports Putin. All of the Russian oligarchs, all the billionaires, are going to uh, be locked out of the banking system. I mean, this is not just we're going to lock Vladimir Putin. They're locking. They're talking about locking the entire country of Russia out of it. It's going to hurt also the working classes in um, in Russia. I mean, you saw the market response. Mm -hmm. the, the Russian market started to collapse the day after the um, invasion. It rebounded a little bit yesterday. I didn't see how where it ended up, uh, but it, it was rebounding slightly. Uh, yesterday, but if they get locked out of SWIFT, it's going to be an economic collapse, especially because they can't sell oil. It's the only thing they have to sell. Oil and some rare earth elements, none of which they're going to be able to sell. Maybe to China, but China doesn't need most of it. China needs the oil. China doesn't need the rare earth elements because they mine it themselves. They're going to yeah. be, they're going to have uh, an economic collapse on their hands. So the SWIFT thing is really the economic nuclear weapon. After that, no. I think at that point, then I think you have to go with what Biden said about the incremental steps that they initially announced, which is you have to wait and see. You know, you have to wait and see if, if somebody decides that they've had enough of Putin and puts a bullet behind his ear or hangs him by his you know, heels in, the, in, the, uh, in, in Red Square, uh, or, if, or if Putin has some sort of response to that that, that will rally Russians. I think that there, he's already in, in great danger of having 
the Russian public slip away from him here, and yeah. Swift might be the last might be the last straw. Well, well, it, it remains to be seen. They have not they have not in fact officially announced uh, cutting off Russia from Swift yet, but it right. appears again reports in the last two hours would indicate that it's in the works. Uh, and that they've got agreement within the EU. But again, just report, so we want to be careful about that. Ed, hang on the line. I got one more, I, I got one more question for you, then we'll let you get on your way in beautiful Texas. Uh, and uh, we will, it, it will be back after this. You are listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. Soaking up the sun in Fiji. Walking through the Sculpture Garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. Listen to The Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775, we have served our nation as a force in readiness. From combat operations to humanitarian assistance in every corner of the world. No matter where the mission takes us today or wherever our country needs us tomorrow, we always remember the land we call home. As Marines, we take a stand for each other for our nation, for us all, the few, the proud, the Marines. You know, things are beginning to look a little bit brighter, and not just because the days are getting longer and a little bit warmer, but because we have some hope that things are beginning to open back up and people getting back to work. But with all that, there still is some uncertainty with the economy, with inflation, gas prices, and one of the best things you can do to help protect your family is make sure your home is protected and get rid of some of that big credit card debt. Do a debt consolidation loan with United Faith Mortgage. Hi, it's Lee Michaels here for United Faith Mortgage, and right now, they can help take some of that uncertainty out of your future by making sure you have the best mortgage possible. Whether it's a new home, a debt refinance, and right now interest rates are still pretty low and you can lock in. The nice thing about United Faith Mortgage is they work with a direct lender, which means no middleman, and this advantage often allows you to get a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money. Be certain about your mortgage and visit United Faith Mortgage online at unitedfaithmortgage.com. United Mortgage Corp, Melville, New York, NMLS number 1330. Ryan Rick, NMLS number 65233. Your feet will stay warm in the cooler weather with insulated waterproof boots from Chet's Shoes. Chet's takes the time to measure your feet and make sure you have the right boots for whatever you're doing. Whether you need safety or regular toe styles, the friendly specialists at Chet's Shoes know what will work for you. Shop a local 70-year family-owned store. Visit their Spring Lake Park location or online at Chet'sShoes.com. Remember, Chet's mobile shoe service can bring the store to you. If the shoe fits, you've been to Chet's. Ibelieve.com helps women wrestle with the deeper issues of their faith. Drop by for blogs and daily devotionals for women, plus articles on relationships, health and beauty, parenting, and more at iBelieve.com, a division of Salem Media Group. iBelieve.com.
Bing Banyan Show, The Biz 1440. Oh, it's a good song. Thank you. We're visiting with Ed Morrissey of HotAir.com. We've taken good advantage of his time. I'm going to take a little bit longer. Uh, first of all, Ed, I missed a question from one of our list, regular listeners, Don, on Twitter. Um, I can help you with the answer for this, but uh, interesting review. Are Kiev and what is now Ukraine the original Russia until being moved to Moscow in the current Russia? I, I think um, there's a, some sort of legendary status of that. I don't know that that's actually... I think that's a claim that Russia makes in, in terms of uh, a claim of ownership, but I'm, I'm not necessarily sure how accurate that is. I, actually, I think I'd ask you that question. Can you probably got a better yeah, answer on that than I do? It, the city of Kiev, formed by three brothers who came up the Dnipro, uh, was was actually a city before Moscow was a city. And so there are a lot of people that would argue that Russian culture began in, began in Kiev. And as you've seen, if you've been watching maps this week, you can see Kiev is not that far away from the Russian border. It's one reason why it made sense for for uh, Russian troops to try to go directly to Kiev and try a decapitation strategy. Uh, because the country's geography allows that. Uh, but but I question whether or not the culture that established in, in, in Kiev was truly Russian versus having its own unique Ukrainian uh, status. Uh, so, I, you know, Don, I would, I would sort of suggest that, you know, I think Ed's right about this, uh, that... Uh, it probably doesn't make a lot of sense to sort of make the argument that that Kiev is the original Moscow or Ukraine is the original Russia. But there's certainly, you know, when you talk about Slavic brotherhood, Ukraine and Russia have Slavic connections that far exceed the connections of any other Slavic peoples right. uh, in the region. Okay, that that's true, but to say they're identical... No, I mean, I mean, just uh, just as a quick point, you know, I think because I, I know I know Don, I know he'll appreciate this. There are separate Orthodox traditions between Russian and Ukrainian, and the Russian and Ukrainian Orthodox churches do not get along very well. Um, you, you, you. <laughs> I will, I will leave it at that, and I'll just encourage people if you're really if that point makes you curious, go read the history of the two churches. Um, they're they're very it's very very interesting. Uh, and, but but way beyond what a business and economic show does. Ed, here's the here's the last major point for me, which is which and because I'm, I'm going to bring this back out of Ukraine. I've tried to bring it back into into Eastern Europe. We talked about we talked about Eastern Europe and what's known as yep. the Intermarium countries. So now let's move to the West and start thinking about you know we got like four minutes. Can we think about France and Germany and the reaction in those countries and, and the impact it's going to have on them, both politically and economically? Well, politically and economically, I think they're tied, right? I mean, they're really closely tied together. Uh, you know, Germany was um, sort of all in on importing Russian energy as a, as a strategy uh, to replace the nuclear power that they used to have in Germany, but their green movement successfully sort of squeezed out. I think that, that all those calculations now have to be rethought in, in the wake of this. They're, they're going to be energy um, poor, uh, at least for a short period of time, until they figure out how to replace the energy that they're not going to be getting from Russia, especially if, they lock, if, the, if Russia gets locked out of SWIFT. 
because even if they wanted to, to buy it, they wouldn't have any way to do it. And that's one of the reasons I think that the Germans have been so um, opposed to making the swift move. Uh, although even they were talking about uh, doing it uh, late yesterday. They, there were some uh, reports that the Germans had rethought that position. Uh, France, I think, is, uh, is much less tied to, um, to Moscow politically or economically. I think France has actually uh, made that pretty clear, and, and they have actually been among the more hawkish in the EU. I'd say Boris Johnson is probably easily the most hawkish, but you know, Macron has, Macron has had good, good enough relations to try to talk directly to, to Putin, but when that stopped working, Macron has made it very clear about how um, the EU really needs to stand up here. I think what's going to be more interesting really is Eastern Europe, because you had a number of these countries that were already, uh, that, that were sort of in Putin's, I wouldn't say thrall, but, but sort of in Putin's corner. That would be Orban and Hungary, and I forget the name of the, um, the Czech prime minister or president. Um, uh, and, you know, you had uh, Bulgaria, that just kind of leaned that way anyway. Uh, Poland certainly didn't. Poland, I think, has always been clear-eyed about this, even though Poland has been uh, sort of a fractious member of the EU. Uh, they've been pretty strong in, in regard to NATO. I, I think all of those gains that Putin managed to make over the years, sort of wheedling his way into Eastern Europe as a way of dividing off that block again, is is gone to waste. It's it's he just he just set it aflame. And um, as long as Putin's in Russia, I don't think those countries ever start leaning back that direction again. It's just it is a complete destruction of the political uh, strategies that Putin has put in place over the last twenty years. Thank you. yeah, thank you. And by the way, thank uh, Don. Thanks you for the previous for the answer to the previous question. Uh, it's it's really interesting. Uh, I really think what's happened here is is that with Merkel leaving, who was basically basically the Western leader who had the closest connection to Putin, uh, both of them speak the other's language. I mean, literally, they right. uh, uh, she speaks she speaks uh, fluent Russian. He speaks. I understand it to be very good, but not fluent German. Uh, because he was stationed in East Germany for a while, um, I think I think they were very close to each other. The turnover of leadership in Germany, and by the way, you mentioned the Czech, the Czech Republic. They've recently turned over a new legislature, a new prime minister uh, who's been there only since November. I think that maybe that's the window into which, along with what they see coming out of the United States, Putin may have decided. There's enough uncertainty and enough new players on the board that are still finding their way around, uh, not knowing where the executive washroom is, that I think they have um, – I think he thought this was the time to take advantage of it. And, and I'd say watch the space between Macron and Scholz, the new, the new leader in Germany, because I do think France, France has always been jealous of Merkel. Uh, Macron has been personally jealous of Merkel, and I – I think you're going to see more space between France and Germany than you see between any EU member in the United States. I think that's that because because for me, there's a battle with it. And I think Putin understands this. There's now a battle within the EU for who dominates the, the, the all of the organs of the European of the European collective state and the, the power the powers that they have. And and Macron wants to be the guy that's number one, and Schultz is going to have to figure out how do I 
keep Germany as the primary player here because the entire German economy depends on the EU and the ECB functioning the way it has for the last 25 years. Oh, that's a great point. Um, that's a great point, King. Yeah, so I, I, I mean, it's a very, it's a very interesting fight that they're having right now. So anyway, Ed, I've got to, I've got to run. I'm going to let you get back. Give my best to your wife, uh, Barbara's as well, uh, because uh, we're just, uh, we just miss you guys up here. Uh, and hopefully, sometime we can get together, and who knows? Maybe we'll get the Narn back together. We'll, we'll convince Mitch to uh, let us back onto the mothership at some point. There. <laughs> I'd love that. I'd absolutely love yeah. that. My best to everybody there, all the all the listeners in the Twin Cities. I miss you guys, and thanks so much for having me on today. Great. Thank you. Ed Morrissey of HotAir.com. Be sure to follow Ed, at Ed Morrissey on Twitter or at HotAir uh, as well, and, and you should be reading Hot Air every day. It's a fabulous site. Uh, we'll be back right after this. You are listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. The institutions use the markets to create income and get better returns for their investors. They are consistent year after year using tools that most people know nothing about. Learn the skills to invest and trade with the institutions at a free investing class in our local Twin City Center or virtually at 952-814-4410. Discover the tools the institutions use daily at Online Trading Academy, 952-814-4410, or go to learnwithota.com. Are you in charge of cleaning and sanitization at your food production facility? American Pressure has the tools to help you. Custom high-pressure conveyor wash systems save time and water and help you automate cleaning. Give us a call today at 763-521-4442, and we'd be happy to come visit you at your location. Buy local, buy quality. Visit AmericanPressure.com. Got inflation? Not at PJ's Appliance Outlet. Every day your dollar will buy 40 to 70% more at PJ's Appliance. Hi, this is PJ. We take great pride in separating ourselves from those overpriced big box stores. How? By simply providing over-the-top customer service and great quality products at unbeatable prices. PJ's Appliance Outlet has quickly become the trusted go-to store for brand new scratch and dent appliances. You'll save hundreds, even thousands of dollars on brand new name brand refrigerators, ovens, washers and dryers and dishwashers from trusted brands like LG, Electrolux, Whirlpool, Frigidaire and many more. We're also the exclusive dealer for the Ilve handmade Italian stoves that you see on the DIY TV shows. Don't pay inflated prices for name brand appliances. Take the short drive to save big, big dollars at PJ's Appliance Outlet. Visit our easy-to-get-to Plymouth showroom today or find us online at pjsapplianceoutlet.com. That's pjsapplianceoutlet.com, where every deal is a steal. Cash Call Mortgage is a DBA of Impact Mortgage Corp. NMLS ID 128231. Not all applicants will qualify. Equal housing lender. Licensed by California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation. Residential Mortgage Lending Act License Number 4131083. Not licensed in all states, including New York. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. Or visit CashCallMortgage.com. Are you being denied a home loan or refi because you're a 1099 employee, self-employed, or a real estate investor? It can be frustrating, but it doesn't have to be. Thanks to Cash Call Mortgage. At Cash Call Mortgage, we'll take the time to understand you and your income 
income flow. Using 1099 income, rental income, and bank statements, you could qualify for a home mortgage or refi at a lower rate. So if you're being turned down for a home loan or refi because you're self-employed, a 1099 earner, or a real estate investor, instead of hearing denied, you could be hearing approved. To see if you qualify, visit CashCallMortgage.com or call now, 800-931-6651. That's Welcome back, King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440. Let me also say to you, first of all, thanks so much to Ed Morrissey. I had actually told him 30 minutes. We kept him an hour. We, uh, <laughs> he's such a generous and sweet guy just uh, and, and really, really helpful and knowledgeable. I, I, I've, been, I've, been watching this, I've been watching this space, though, for quite a long time, and, and I didn't mean to step over him when, with my last comment about the EU, but... For me, it's felt obvious for about a year the, from the moment Angela Merkel said she was leaving that um, that Macron was thinking, okay, next man up is me. Uh, so, um, and and I think I think that's been obvious enough that uh, Putin has understood it, and I believe that the cracks are there. Look, I do want to take some time to talk about the economic impact of this. This is going to have implications for the U.S. economy. Right. Someone said, well, Ukraine. So the price of grain will go up because Ukraine is the breadbasket of the world. I said, said, so you must be. And I look at somebody, whoever says that to me, I always look at them and say, people under age 40 will have no idea what the heck you're talking about. Because nobody in the post-Soviet era will ever think that that place is an agricultural giant. When I was there, there were there were agricultural companies, including uh, Cargill, from here up in Minnesota, Archer Daniel Midland. Um, a lot of them trying to break into that space. One by one, they all left. The ag sector in Ukraine is not what you think it is. Okay, particularly for those of you that were that um, did your education the six, you know, had your high school education in the 60s and the 70s and you did the world geography class and when they hit the ukraine they would always have the phrase breadbasket of the soviet union it might it was at one time it certainly wasn't by in the 1980s and and indeed indeed in the post-soviet era not at all you know what they export they export about 90 percent of the world's neon gas now what do you okay now i'm looking at my tweets from don on my Twitter feed right now, but I know I've got some other people who are pretty sharp engineering types, and I want to ask them, what do you need neon for? Semiconductors. We live in a world where we're having trouble with semiconductors or raising the price of of cars because we need those semiconductors in cars. Think of all the other things that we want, appliances, um, uh, uh, phones, so on. Neon is needed to make make semiconductors, and you now are 
threatening to cut off SWIFT, and how is it that you're going to pay for the neon gas, and how will we shift neon gas production out of some place to another place? I will tell you, I don't think SWIFT's the big story in this. I think it's always something you don't see, you don't plan on, right? I was reading this to um, the president of my university just yesterday, a wonderful piece written on uh, written on a blog uh, that that uh, with the title, Risk is What You Don't See. Right? How many people have played out the, the the story the story of what happens with neon uh, in in that space? That is, um, that okay. So this was posted by Antonio Colabasanu um, at uh, Geopolitical Futures on Thursday. Um, uh, uh, Ukraine supplies as much as 90% of the world's neon gas, and key facilities processing it are in Mariupol on the Sea of Azov. Mariupol, you may recognize, was one of the very first places that Russian troops advanced on on Thursday morning. Um, So if they decide to go in that direction, regardless, even if they don't take and stabilize that production, you probably are not making as much neon gas as you did before. I'll, 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 tw- I, I think I, I'm going to, let me double check to make sure I've tweeted this piece out to you. I don't think I actually have. So I will get that out to you at the break. Uh, but, but it's worth thinking about that. Which is why I thought the first reactions, uh, you know, okay, the Russian market dropped a whole lot. We know it dropped a third, uh, by a third on the day the troops were, the troops were given the uh, the green light to go into Ukraine. The U.S. market initially tanked and then had a rally, the likes of which I didn't understand, which seemed to be led by Nasdaq, seemed to be led by tech stocks, and so forth. And and I'm reading this piece on Thursday morning, and I'm li- I'm watching the ticker, and I'm going, hmm, this is kind of weird. I wonder what's going on here. And then I think to myself, oh, this is our old friend, people trying to figure out what's going on with the Fed. Peter Bookvar was on uh, CNBC um, on Thursday, on, on I believe, no, actually, I believe this is yesterday afternoon, Friday afternoon. And I agree with him in terms of what the, what are, what is the market really thinking right now? Go ahead and play this for me, uh, John, cut number two. The biggest risk is not Putin, it's Jay Powell. It's Christine Lagarde. It's Bailey in the UK to the extent of we have this synchronized monetary tightening that we're really just entering the teeth of. And the point being, do you really think that the that the banks are going to not tighten because of Ukraine? Right, because if the impact is what I think it is. okay. Set aside the fact that you probably the gallon of gas you bought uh, in the last 48 hours cost you 10 to 15 cents a gallon more than it did if you had bought the gas on Tuesday or Wednesday this week. Okay? I think the impact is going to be on things like semiconductors. I think you're, you, you stand to reason that you might get an additional gain. And you could tell me all you want, all you want, you can tell me that, um, you can tell me that, um, well, this inflation is temporary. It's because of supply chain issues. It's not the Fed's fault. The Fed shouldn't be acting. So, but they're going to act. 
They are going to act, okay? Ed Yardini was on uh, CNBC, uh, uh, was on CNBC, I believe was on CNBC yesterday. Let me double check to make sure I have this right. Um, yeah. Uh, and he was saying, he was basically selling um, a, a view of the economy that I thought was kind of sunshine and lollipops. Let's, play, let's just play a little bit of this. Cut number six. Well, I think yesterday we had a lot of uh, worries at the, at the beginning of the day. Uh, but uh, then when we found out what the sanctions were going to be and that they weren't likely to lead to an economic impact on the rest of the world and on Europe, the United States. I mean, clearly, if we had adopted some very, very serious, significant sanctions, uh, the Russians might have uh, responded uh, in, in some ways. But the sanctions would have shut off oil and gas to uh, to Europe, causing a recession there. That was kind of the worst case scenario that people were thinking about in terms of where this thing could go next. And that just didn't happen. I think that's true. It didn't happen Thursday. It didn't happen Thursday. Again, in the last three hours, um, just before we went on the show, a piece went up to say that the EU is now fully on board with sanctions. It was initially announced by uh, by uh, President Zelensky, but it appears to have been confirmed by people within the EU and printed in, in uh in press reports around uh, around Western capitals over the last Western European capitals over the last two hours, if that comes to pass, I really got to wonder what people are thinking thinking is going to be happening in the economy happening in the economy going forward. Because in my mind, in my mind, we are currently badly underplaying the impact this could have. Because if the president, if President Biden it appears that the, the, the escalating factor was not so much a deliberate strategy, but a matter of taking the time to do the diplomacy to get everybody on board with making those changes to the sanctions and bringing them along. In essence, it appears as if France and Macron and the United States and Biden, and I would say Macron more than Biden, have pulled the rest of the EU and the rest of NATO along into a stance that is still evolving at this moment. It wasn't, while Russia went with shock and awe, we, the West went very incremental. But let's not underestimate the impact of cutting off SWIFT, which I think is less than what Ed said, because the as I mentioned to you last week, they have been building a number of alternatives to SWIFT in Russia on the one hand, on second, on two, the oil has no problem going, rather than sending oil out into Europe, you can send the oil to China. China will buy it. It's going to be a little interesting for how they pay each other, but they'll pay each other, and they'll pay each other in euros. Uh, they're trying not to do business in dollars because neither country wants dollarization of the, of the world economy. But the nat- natural gas... You can't turn a natural gas pipeline from pointing west to pointing east, right? If you turn it off, it's off. So far, there are no reports that they are turning it off. That, in fact, more gas got pumped in to basically beat the sanctions. They were, trying, they were pumping extra out this last week to try to build up a reserve. But what's going to happen next week? I'll tell you what, this will be one of those Sunday nights where I've got myself glued to a television watching nothing but my Bloomberg screens to see what the heck is going on there. 
And I think a clear eye is had by Jim Grant, who was also on CNBC. I saved it to the last segment. It, you're going to love it. It's the PS de Resistance of the entire of the entire show today, really. And we'll have it for you right after these messages. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440. The Biz 1440, KYCR, Golden Valley. Did you know you were kicking in your mommy's tummy before you were born? We were? Yep, I just learned at school that babies move and kick before they're even born. No No wonder we're so good at soccer. That's right, kids. A pre-born baby is moving about and even kicking just 14 weeks from conception. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of information and alternatives to abortion, or you'd like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773, 1-800-366-7773, or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across America, the billboard people. Arby's Computer Service. You and your business are online today more than ever. Most people are working from home and meeting via Internet, and that means IT structures are overtaxed and Wi-Fi is humming. An outage in one of your critical systems now could be a fatal blow to your operation. Arby's Computer Service is ready and able to help. Their staff is standing by and prepared to offer assistance. If your business IT system experiences a failure, give Arby's a call. Their professional team of certified computer and networking specialists is experienced in diagnosing and solving a wide range of issues. With Arby's Computer Service on the job, you'll never have to worry about dealing with IT-related issues on your own, whether it's for your personal system or business. Arby's Computer Service knows that Internet traffic is surging, and they're available now to help. You'll always get competitive pricing, trustworthy advice, and excellent customer service from Randy and his team at Arby's Computer Service. Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. You think a lot about your family, your friends, your favorite things to do. But you know what you don't think about? Who's your plumber? Hi, I'm Kayla from Champion Plumbing. And it's okay if the only time you think of us is when something happens, like your water heater quits on you. At Champion Plumbing, we can usually install a new water heater same day. Who's your plumber? Don't think, just call. Champion Plumbing, online at championplumbing.net. That's championplumbing.net. There's a ton to explore at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Like the biggest savings around at our half-off deals tab. Click on programs to see our daily lineup. Win prizes at the VIP fan club. Catch up on your favorite podcasts and more. Sightseeing in Ferris, at the mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at Odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, The Biz 1440, last segment. Different show today, huh? Yeah, for a couple of reasons. One, we've got John down there, and uh, Daniel's also uh, 
learning how to operate the mics. My guess is Daniel's going to get turned loose next week on us and uh, help us for a few weeks while uh, while Sean is uh, is away uh, on assignment for a few weeks. Uh, we expect him back sometime later in later in March. Next week, of course, is job Saturday. We'll be talking a lot more, and I'll talk a lot more about Fed issues at that time. But I I can't not play for you this wonder a little bit of this four and a half minute interview that uh, Jim Grant was on CNBC on yet on Friday, uh, talking about the position the Fed finds itself in. Remember, you've now got got an inflation rate at seven percent. I think it goes higher as a result of wars. That's usually what happens because some goods become in very short supply and sanctions initially have the impact of raising prices. Um, We're going to get a jobs report uh, on on, uh, Friday this coming week, and it's going to have quite the impact. and, and, And the Fed has to think about what position it's in. And so let's go ahead and play. Let's go ahead and play these cuts right now. Uh, uh, this is Jim Grant yesterday on CNBC on Friday. Cut number one, please. Uh, three, please. I'm sorry. Three. Cut three. Well, the Fed could raise its uh, little federal funds rate now between zero and one quarter of one percent. It could raise that rate thirty-eight times, and still not quite reach the rate indicated by the uh, formerly. Um, oft-invoked Taylor Rule. This is a rule by, uh, created by John Taylor, the chaired professor of economics at, at Stanford. And, J- and John Taylor, who I, I've had the pleasure of meeting, he's spoken here at St. Cloud State, uh, is, uh, is sort of the grandfather of the rule. He, he agrees with Jim Grant that they're way behind, but how far behind are they? Go ahead and play cut number four, please. The past year, the Fed has created... Uh, through the mysterious means of central banking, uh, $1.3 trillion worth of new purchasing power of credit, and it has held its rate at between zero and one quarter of 1% in the context of inflation now registered year over year in excess of 7% and in the face of one of the great rip-roaring bull markets of all time. I was thinking. I, I thought that might have been cut number five, but just let, let me just uh, let me just uh, uh, stop there for a second. Um, can you play the third, the, whatever the cut you haven't played yet for me first uh, of Jim? This is Jim Grant yesterday on CNBC. Thanks. You know, years and years. I mean, years ago, in the middle of the nineteenth century, Walter Badgett, the the great muse of central ah. banking, um, said uh, with respect to the uh, a proposed rule. Uh, governing monetary operations in the city of London, as, as I said years ago. He said, where are the rigid people to enforce the rigid rule? And I don't see such types of human beings on our Federal Reserve Board. Well, you don't see them on the Federal Reserve Board. You do see them among some of the presidents, and there's always this tension between the presidents and the governors. And I I've asked people, and I'll ask you, I'm in the middle of reading The Lords of Easy Money, the new Christopher Leonard book, and I think it's a fabulous book, and I would ha- absolutely uh, want you to, to read, read that. Here's, here's what Jim was saying. In the first cut, he says you could raise the rate 38 times, and that, that is saying you could do 38 one, 38 quarter-point increases. Now, if you could do the math quickly... That takes you to a rate of nine and a half percent. Now, why would he say that? Because the Taylor rule, which takes the difference between what inflation is 
based on its preferred measure and what in and what the and what the um, what what the inflation rate is that the Fed is targeting, which is two. It takes that, multiplies it by two, and then takes the gap in GDP between where it is and where they think it should be as a percentage, multiply, and then and takes the negative of that. So if there's a gap, if GDP is short of potential, it wants interest rates to be lower. If it's above potential, it wants to be higher, and then adds to that adds to that a 2% real rate, and it gives you that. If you take the number, the numbers that he is using based on one version of the Taylor Rule, and there's more than one, would give you an interest rate right now, a Fed funds rate target of 9.55%. That's what Jim is saying. Now, no one believes that the rate's going to go to 9%. No one believes the rate's going to go to 5%, really. I don't even think Jim Bullard, we've quoted here before, I don't think Jim Bullard thinks the rate's going to go to 5%. And I don't actually think the Taylor rule at this moment is not necessarily the best point. But here's the point. In this particular moment, with the interest rate clearly off that, the Fed still has yet to even stop quantitative easing. It is still adding dollars to the money supply, that $1.3 trillion, and might continue to do so. And so as we set up for the job for job Saturday next week, you have to think to yourself, okay, at what point will they have enough information that might make 50 happen, 50 basis points happen? Because right now, no one seems to think that. And we're about to get to a point where maybe we're going to have to start thinking about it again. Markets are likely pretty frothy until February 6th, or until March 16th and the next Fed, the Fed uh, press conference. Thank you for listening. Thanks again to Ed Morrissey. Thank you to John for and Daniel for production down there. We'll talk to you next week on a job Saturday here on the King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440. This entertainment answer brought to you by Exergen, Dog Stars, Channing Tatum, and Lulu, and is for the dog lover in all of us. We definitely did not want to be heavy-handed about this. If anything, we, we almost wanted this to be unintelligible in the movie other than to us. Like, the dog is him. They're just mirrors for each other. And he kind of discovers this connection and this sort of just want to connect with this dog. And it's not even, I don't think it's even conscious. Dog rated PG-13. For more answers, head over to theentertainmentanswer.com. Dr. Gorka here, and I want to talk to you for a minute about 100% drug-free Relief Factor. I've been taking Relief Factor for years now to help me deal with pain in my body. My wife takes it as well. The reason we tell everyone uh, we know about it is simple. We found it really works to help our bodies fight off the inflammation that causes aches and pains. Whether it's the pain of injuries you've sustained or just the natural pains from the mileage over the years, Relief Factor can help. I've never looked back. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it works for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. Feel the difference. How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest. Rate Genius can help you reduce your car payments by reducing your interest rate to as low as 2.48% APR. 
we can refinance most existing car loans or leased cars, new or used, and save you money every month. Put more money back in your pocket. The call is free to find out how low we can lower your car payment. Five minutes of your time right now could save you hundreds of dollars a year. Call Rate Genius now. 800-764-2179. 800-764-2179. That's 800-764-2179. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms, including APR, are determined at the time of your application based on creditworthiness, value of the vehicle, loan term, and other factors. Dad, guess what? What? You are going to be a grandfather. That's great. Not too long ago, moments like this with my daughter would have been a challenge. It was a long road for me to find myself again after Vietnam. It was my neighbor Jim, another Vietnam veteran, who finally convinced me that I could still connect with my family and find that fulfilling life I'd lost. And I went for help down at the VA. If I can take that first step after almost 50 years, I know other veterans can too. Visit maketheconnection.net. You're Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.